Hello, hello. Welcome back to the All Good Juju podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Basinski. Today, I really am fired up about talking about wealth, consciousness, and healing the money wound. I have been sharing on my stories on Instagram at Brittany Basinski. If you don't follow, please do. We have a lot of fun over there. But if you do, I know you know that I'm an open book. And I'm constantly sharing my everyday life, my stories, what's going on, all of it. And recently I've been talking a little bit more about the money mindset and healing my money wounds. Um, this is a, a big theme in my life. If you don't know, I grew up pretty underprivileged um, in this small single wide trailer and my parents worked really, really hard to provide for us. Um, it's basic essentials. And I have seen even through my parents the, the way that they live now versus the way they lived when they were raising us as children. They have also overcame some money wounds without even knowing it. Um, I think my parents are actually pretty great manifestors, but they have absolutely no clue. Um, My dad grew up super poor, and some of the things he tells us about his childhood and how, you know, he always wanted to take such good care of the things that he had because he was so grateful to have a floor without holes. He was so grateful to have, you know, walls without holes and just certain things and it's just been a really wonderful experience having parents who kind of embody a a deep gratitude without knowing that they were healing the money wounds by being grateful for what they had by being grateful for our single wide trailer when we had it my parents are now in you know a bit bigger of a home Still small, but, you know, um, definitely an upgrade from where we were when we were kids. And that's just been fascinating. Um, I didn't really plan on going into this episode talking a little bit about that, but I kind of feel like I owe it to them in a way to, to let them know, not that they listen, but that I see them. I see the healing that they have done, whether it's subtle and or not. And how it, I guess it has subconsciously affected me. Um, I prayed before this episode for God to kind of flow through and give me the right message. So I, I suppose this is a message that I need. Um, and maybe you too can, can see your parents' money wounds that they have or had or maybe have some, somehow subconsciously healed. Um, I believe that my parents must have subconsciously healed these money wounds because they continuously grow in their career My dad manifests cars like there's no tomorrow. I mean, he has so many cars. Um, I don't even know where he, like these cars just find him. And I think there's just some sort of tie between him and these certain things that he maybe didn't have growing up that like he somehow has been able to just manifest like cars and motorcycles. And he has this great big boat now and all these things. And it's like, I guess it's pretty fascinating now that I'm, I'm sharing this to see like how these generational wounds can kind of, um, you know, heal over time and heal as a family and as like a a family generation. So, you know, my grandparents were super underprivileged, poverty level. I'd say, you know, I, during my childhood, we definitely had a, a rough patch where we were on food stamps and it was hard to afford heat and, you know, um, just other things like that where, I, I mean, I, I definitely remember having food from the government, like the white box cereal and the big black cheese. And if you grew up underprivileged at all, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about by the government food. It's like these cereal boxes that just have like a black picture of like, just, it looks like, um, clip art, like a little clip art wheat symbol or something just like the more the most basic generic box you could ever think of cereal um and that was embarrassing for a kid you know um and never being able to afford 
the the brand like Kellogg's, right? It would be the knockoff brand. So there was a lot of things like that I was de- holding shame about as a kid. Um, I remember I didn't want to date anybody because I was afraid for them to see that I lived in a trailer. I thought, oh, well, they're just going to think I'm trailer trash. They're not going to like me. You know, who who would like a girl? Who would want to pick up a girl from a trailer, you know? Um, and there was a trailer down the street and a trailer right next to me and a trailer behind that. So it wasn't necessarily a trailer park, but definitely felt like one to me. I feel like I definitely like resonate with that sort of lifestyle because I feel in a way that kind of lived it. Um, just because I grew up in like rural Michigan and there's just not a lot of money where I grew up. Um, so yeah, wow, this is hard. Um, it, it definitely affected me. It definitely brought out some money wounds that I had to heal. And a lot of things have come up with this money wound healing. Um, the first thing is my mom worked full time growing up and I never really, I mean, my mom was there for me for everything, right? Like she was there for every sporting event, all of those things. But for me right now, being a work-at-home mother, I see how hard my parents, both my mom and my dad, had to work and the effect it had on me as a child to have two parents really hustling just to make ends meet, just to live paycheck to paycheck um, for so long of their lives. And I'm so grateful that they're out of that muck now that they're older and things like that, and they've manifested their way out of that hole but they still deal with their money wounds, um, for sure, in other ways. And that's not my business to really share, but, um, but they have healed some of it. And I do look at like my inner child and she sees the mother, the woman working hard just to make ends meet, just to put food on the table. And I missed my mom. I remember going to school and just being so sad. I would fake sick just so my mom could come home and get me like I missed having my parents around and I guess I didn't expect this to come up either in this episode but I am so grateful for the opportunities that I have I have in my life to be able to work from home to be able to have my children home with me um I didn't realize that's what my soul needed and I think there's this saying like you develop the characteristics you need that that you, you develop the characteristics your parents needed to heal. So I I guess I became the person I needed to heal my parents. And it's just so funny how like the psychology works, but I'm realizing too, like I'm the mom that I wish my mother could have been had she could have been able to afford it. Had she could, you know what I mean? Like if she had the funds to be with me and be home or work from home or if those were even opportunities back then, of course they didn't have technology. Um, you know, what would, my, what would my life be like? How would I feel? How would have that affected me? Um, so I guess I have to start by saying I'm just really grateful to be where I'm at um, amid a pandemic where financial uncertainty is everyone's story right now. Um, you know, my husband's an airline pilot and he hasn't flown since May 2020. He has been home with our family. Things have been really tough financially uh, on the surface level, okay? Like on paper, it, it should be really scary for us. And I say like on paper because like based on the facts, based on things that I should believe but don't, right? And sometimes it bothers my husband because he's like, well, you're just so optimistic, but there's no proof. I'm like, I don't need proof. God is proof. Um, and maybe you'll, you'll roll your eyes at that, but there's a couple instances where I have just fully believed with all of my faith and all of my heart that God was going to pull us through in this miraculous way. And some of it has come true. And essentially what he's in right now my husband he is in the best worst case scenario he's not in the worst case scenario and he's best case scenario would be he's flying right and like life is normal um 
But the best worst case scenario is that he's home and he is still getting paid somewhat. And I'm able to have a family dynamic right now where I'm able to have his support with the children that I longed for so much to just have some help. I felt like I was drowning as a single parent when he was flying. Um, And I was alone with the kids day in and day out. I just never had a single break to even breathe. It was overwhelming. Um, And especially two kids under four. It was just like, holy moly, but he's home now. And I feel like I'm able to really pour back into myself and feel other areas of abundance, which has helped me kind of develop a new um, state of wealth consciousness. And I'm able to wake up every day in our home and look around and be like, wow, I am so grateful for this. Like, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what's going to happen with, you know, the aviation industry or this pandemic. Like, I have no clue, but I know that I'm held. I know that I'm safe. And I know that it's all going to be okay. And I feel like I just have to share that because I don't want to come from a place of, like, entitlement. Like, oh, well, you know, who do you think you are sharing a story of wealth consciousness? A lot of people who might see like me in my home on Instagram or whatever might think, wow, like you're in this big house, like you're shopping at Whole Foods and you're living this this lifestyle, um, you know, that is definitely far from the trailer park vibe that I, I knew most of my life, right? Um, but if you didn't know that part of my story, you might be like, who are you to talk about wealth consciousness to anyone else? And you know, healing your money wounds. And I I think it's applicable to just about anybody because you don't have to be, you know, a multimillionaire just yet to talk about wealth consciousness. You don't have to talk about healing your money wounds. Um, A lot of this stuff has to stop now. This generational trauma, this money wound that I must work so hard just to survive it's so hard, these mental mindsets, right? Like, it's so hard for me to survive on my paycheck. It's a struggle to get food on the table. Paying my bills is cumbersome. Paying my bills stresses me out. All these things we saw our parents stress out over how they're going to make ends meet. How are they going to pay the bills? Are they going to go bankrupt again? You know, all these things that we saw as children, um, how much credit card debt is mom going to get into? You know, I, I was terrified to get a credit card. All I knew about credit cards was that they were danger. They were trouble. They caused us to lose out on so much. They caused arguments and strife between my parents. I've seen my parents fight over money more times than I ever want to know. And sometimes they still, you know, they're not fully like healed on the money wound, but I think they are healing more than than I think they are even conscious to um and it's not my place to even explain that I notice they're healing or not I think this is a journey that you go on your own and you realize like I might have some money wounds and what does that look like that looks like when you get a bill in the mail and you clench up and you're like oh gosh a bill yikes I don't want to have to pay this a doctor bill oh my gosh, again, $500, you know? And yeah, like some bills are so cringeworthy, like that's human. But when you shift into a a place of wealth consciousness and a, a healing, healed money mindset, you're able to look at these bills with gratitude. And it's just a mindset, a simple mindset shift, but it is hard to actively pursue it day in and day out. So when you get a bill, it's like, wow, thank you. Thank you for this mortgage that keeps our roof over our heads and our, you know, our heater on and, or thanks for the the electric bill, the heating bill that keeps our house warm. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for a warm home. Do you see that shift? It doesn't come from a place of scarcity where it's like, oh my God, the heat bill came. Did you see how much that was? It was $100 more than last month. I don't even remember turning it on that much. And you just get in your mind and you're like angry. Where if you flip the script, it's a blessing to have heat, right? It's a blessing to have skilled doctors that performed maybe a life-saving, like, 
you know, um, practice on you. Maybe they, they did something, they delivered your baby and you're still paying for it, but they saved your baby's life. They saved your life. And when you're able to shift your mindset, um, you come from a place of abundance and that's magnetic to more abundance. So when you're grateful instead of angry at your bills, it does something. It puts a little glitch in the universe and things kind of ripple for the better. And yeah, I, I think that's just like a really important thing to to mention is that piece is being grateful for your bills, saying thank you, saying thank you when you go to the grocery store and you're able to afford a little bit more and you're like, oh my God, groceries today were $200, right? You should say thank you. Like, I'm so blessed to be able to go to the grocery store and spend $200 on groceries today. There are families that can't spend any. And maybe, you know, I need to be more cognizant of how I'm spending, but for just this right now, I'm going to be grateful. And next time, you know, I think you can definitely be wealth conscious and not just be like frivolous. You don't have to just spend your money like it's going out of style. I think that's something really important to note, but a lot of the times when you spend money, when you have money wounds, you want to hold on to it because you're afraid you're going to lose it. You're afraid of so many things, not just losing money, losing your home, losing your car, losing your health. If you can't pay your you know, insurance or if you can't pay your doctor bills, if you can't, you're afraid to go to the doctor because you don't want to, you don't want to pay for that doctor bill. It's this constant state of fear that is the money wound. The money wound is that place of lack. You don't have enough. You'll never have enough. And and every aspect of your life is going to suffer because you just can't afford it. Do you know how many times I heard my parents say to me, I can't afford that. We can't afford that this time. Next time, maybe we'll try to get you that. I can't afford it. We can't afford it. That is something that sometimes I catch my husband even saying, you know, to like our kids and I just stop him and I'm like, never say that. I think if there's something that you, that is so detrimental to your just consciousness of wealth and if you really want to heal the money wound, the money wound never say that you can't afford it because that's not the truth. I can't afford the word can't puts that out into the universe saying like I will never be able to and that's a lie like who told you that that's not like you know God's word that's not true that's not what even God the Bible or any any spiritual leader wants you to believe that you can't do anything you can't afford it maybe today right now you don't have that money in your bank account so that doesn't mean you can't afford it. That just means it's not in your reality yet. That's what that means. It means this isn't aligning with me right now. I just think these shifts, although they might be silly to you, I think they make a huge, huge difference. I mean, I'm sitting in this house and some days I wake up and I just want to cry because I see the difference between my life as a kid and my kids' lives, how just to not even speak of money in that negative way around them is so important because you don't want your kids to feel that tense, that tension, that fear about money. If Will I be able to afford this? Will I be able to, you know, can I afford that? We can't afford this right now. And that's just a really sticky place to be. And I don't want my kids to feel that way. I don't think my kids are going to be able to just like go and buy like, you know, yachts and Mercedes and all these things whenever they want. You know, I I just don't think that's that's not most people's reality, Um, you know, and it's not even really about the material aspect. It's just about changing the dialogue with yourself and with the universe that you trust the universe, that you trust God. That the things you desire are meant for you, right? That that bigger family SUV that you're desiring is meant for you. And you can have it. You just have to believe. And you have to, you do have to do the, the money wound healing wealth conscious work. 
some things that I recommend, a book that I just read and I'm currently, well, I'm not fully done. I think I've got like 30 pages left, but a book that I'm almost done with is called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. I highly recommend it because the whole book really helps you understand wealth consciousness, helps you understand the major blocks that you might be having. Um, And it doesn't go as deep into like the money wound, but it does go into the mindset of how to build wealth uh, with your mindset alone. And I think it's just really important to understand how it all works on a quantum physics level um, because everything is energy and it really does a great job of explaining how that energetic piece really works, how you really attract things through solely vibrations in your life. And if this is like so woo-woo to you, I'm sorry, but that's just what it is. It is just that. Um, so things that I've been doing to heal my money wound is changing that inner dialogue, telling and taking the word I can't afford out of my um, my reality. That's too expensive. We can't, you know, we can't afford it, or you know, that's too pricey. That's too much. Indefinitely. Do your best to not talk like that in front of your kids because they're watching. And the money wound just gets passed down and passed down and passed down. And I think that's why there's so much generational poverty. Like, yes, a lot of poverty happens because of oppression and things that just are not fair. But I think the people that break free from that are the ones who shift that mindset and say, but not me. This won't be my story. This was my grandparents' story, my mom's story, all my aunts and uncles, my cousins' story. They're still in the trailer parks. They're still in, you know, the town where, you know, there's not a ton of opportunities for them to grow. They're still doing these things, right? Um, I'm the first in my, my family to get a college degree. I wanted to change my story. I wanted to say, this isn't my story. This is not who I have to be. I don't have to work my ass off just to put food on the table, just to live paycheck to paycheck. I want an abundance lifestyle, and I deserve it, and so do you, everyone. I don't think you even have to go to college to... Actually, I know for a fact you don't have to have a college degree. I think for a lot of people, that's like their first mind mind (laughs) mind shift step is... When I go to college, I'm changing the trajectory of my life. And they take that step and they know with full faith that their life will be different than their families. And I think it's more about that shift in their mindset and that step, that intention and that action that I'm not going to be like my family. And not that I'm talking down, right? Or anyone's talking down. It's like, I don't want those money wounds. Those aren't mine. I want success. I want wealth. I want abundance. I want ease and flow. And it starts with you and your family from that day forward will only improve and heal. And I think that's so, so important. Like I said, I don't think that shift has to happen with college. I just think that's t- that tends to be why when there's first-generation college graduates, they're the ones who are changing the trajectory, but I don't think it's the degree necessarily. I think it's that action, intention, and mindset. Like, you know what? I'm going all in. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to work hard, and it's going to pay off. And they believe it with every ounce of their being. And I think even if you were to start a business and you're like, you know what? I'm changing the tra- trajectory for my family. I'm going to be the first business owner in my family that you know, is able to pay my bills with ease, able to put food on the table with ease, able to provide a Christmas for my children without stress, right? All these things. Christmas always was such a stressful time for us. We always got a lot of stuff, but it never came out with without stress. And there were so many times where I would have to like hide things from my dad. My mom would say, okay, I got you this coat, but like, don't tell your dad how much it was. And like, Sometimes the money wounds can cause deceit. 
in secrecy and all those things are so icky and sticky and I just don't think parents you know I don't think they mean to do that but that's unhealed money wounds so if you were able to heal your money wounds by reading these high vibrational books like a happy pocket full of money learning growing um you know giving giving Yes, giving. Giving is one of the many ways I have healed my money wound. I think in the last three weeks, I've given to like three different charities. Um, And not just like willy-nilly, just things that have come up. And I have some stories on giving that I want to share with you today because I think they're important. So about a couple weeks ago, a girl posted on my Facebook a GoFundMe. She grew up in the trailer right next to mine, and she's a single mother of three, and she's on disability and was stressed about her children for Christmas, didn't know how she was going to be able to do it. Her car had broken down. She needed money to get her car fixed and all of these things. And without hesitation, I donated. And you know what? the next well I did that and then there is another cause that I donated to um our neighbor in our neighborhood is dealing with breast cancer and she is going through chemo and I she hurt one of her friends set up like a chemo wish list and I sent her something from her chemo wish list off her Amazon wish list um and I sent that to her and Another instance was one of our friends just passed away from substance abuse. And in his honor, we donated to a recovery facility um, in southeast Michigan where he lived. And I I can think of so many. And recently, um, my friend's 30th birthday, she loves St. Jude's Hospital. So we donated in her honor for her 30th birthday. So when you feel like an opportunity presents itself to donate to a cause, don't hold on to your money because God will always deliver. And don't just give to like to receive. And that, I hope you know, like I'm sure you know where my heart's at, but I don't just give because I'm like, he, 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 okay, I'm going to give you a dollar because I know I'm getting 10. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like that. It's like, I give because I want to. I give because I know someone needs it and I can. I can afford it. I can. I am abundant enough to give and I know I'm worthy of becoming a multimillionaire because I want and desire, I desire to give to those less fortunate to these causes that present themselves into my awareness that need my help. I desire and aspire to give freely, openly, and often. After I gave to all of these charitable um, events that came into my awareness and I gave freely and I didn't worry was the money coming back, I didn't care about, you know, was this person going to do me a favor? No, like I just gave freely. I had no attachments to the money. I didn't intend on getting it back. Um, But God, I had the biggest sale month for our Hippie Eats cookbook on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. We had the biggest sale month we've ever had. We sold 400 cookbooks print cookbooks. So the ebooks are a little different. We sold 400 copies that month. 400. And we've never sold that before. And I don't think that's coincidence. Another instance was when the Australian wildfires hit. And this was right when the cookbook kind of started taking off about a year ago, I think. Um, the wildfires hit and, you know, um, my business partner, Amber, is like, we should donate to this. I just feel so strongly like, yeah, I mean, it's horrible. So we donated a percentage of our sales and we were able to donate 
$500 with ease to the Australian wildfires. And that's something that I don't, I never in a million years thought I would just be able to afford. Like, oh gosh, really? For my paycheck? You know, like a, a money wound would have been like, oh my God, $500, right? Um, but with wealth consciousness, you're like, yes, I want to give. How can I give more? How can I give more time? How can I give more energy? Like me on this podcast, this is a 100% free podcast for you. I give my time and my energy freely, and I don't give it for something in return. I give it because I want to. I want to help change the world. I want to help people live a better life and heal in every aspect. And what that law of attraction says is those who give healing receive healing. Those who give money receive more money tenfold. It's even in the Bible. What you do comes onto you tenfold and so for every good act a better one's coming your way so trying not to hold on to the money give freely openly and often and if you can't give something else so sometimes I'll see homeless on the side of the road and if I have cash I almost always give it almost always um if I don't I will nod through the car, say sorry, and I will pray for them. And I will do the little cross with my hands, forehead, chest, over my heart. And I will let them know that I'm praying for them. And I will pray right there. And I'll say, God, please watch over this person. Please guide them, protect them with safety, and provide for them for which I could not provide right now because I didn't have it in my wallet. I think giving prayers is still helpful. The power of prayer is so healing. So this year is financially tough. But if you find a dollar and then someone else needs it down the street, you're on a walk and you see someone homeless, give it to them, right? If you can. I just think that is one of the biggest things you could do to heal your money wound is to give openly, often, and freely. I also have tried a couple things with manifestation that I wanted to share about. Um, one of the things is called the water manifestation trick. Um, I feel called to share this because there's something that I do every single day when I drink water. I have been saying to myself since I want to heal irritable bowel disease in my body and radically heal that. Sometimes I will drink my, every time I drink um, a sip of water, I will say, I am radically healed. I am radically healed. I am radically healed. Thank you for my radical healing. Or I will say, I am healed. I am healthy. I am healed. I am healthy. With every drink of water, I imagine that going through my body, healing me and being a full, clean bill of health. So there's little daily things you could do in your life to heal the money wound too. You can drink water and... There's like a specific thing you can do, but I just do it. I just drink water with an intention. I just imagine it healing me, right? Um, But you could put it on a post-it note. You get two glasses of water and you put your thing that you're manifesting and the desired outcome, right? So like more money on one piece and you put on your empty cup and you fill that with water and then the other one you leave empty and you put manifesting abundance, manifesting a million dollars and you pour that empty cup or that once empty cup with water into the other fully empty cup you just dump it into the other one and you drink that I am a millionaire and you say that and you there's just something like there's YouTube videos too if you want to if I didn't explain it good enough um you can just look up the water manifestation exercise on YouTube and it will show you more in depth uh what to do and just certain um like examples that you could try but I tried that and I think why not right like give it a try um but I do see these things in my life where I heal the money wound where I am wealth conscious things coming into my awareness opportunities presenting themselves that never would have once presented themselves um and just trusting right like even in this time of uncertainty trusting that what's going to happen is for your highest good right It was a very scary time during the beginning of the pandemic when my husband was home and we are mostly a single income family, right? Um, Like 99% of our income realized that my husband's because I took a break to stay home with my kids. Um, And I was grateful and fortunate to do that. Um, 
and things have kind of changed and I've had to do a little bit more, you know, hustling and doing more things that provide income, which I'm happy and grateful to do. Um, But this time has been so great for my marriage and I'm seeing how just him being home and me trusting in the universe and trusting in God and watching these things unfold, like, you know, it's not as bad as I my worst case scenario in my head, right? And your head will always try to bring out these worst case scenarios. Like my therapist would always say, we would we would do this and then exercise. So you take like a worst case scenario and then she'll say, and then, and you try to get to the absolute worst case. So like, for instance, I'm afraid to lose my job. And then what would happen? Well, then I, I wouldn't have a job. So how would I pay my bills? What, you know, and, and then what? So I wouldn't pay my bills and I would default on them. And then, and you just keep going and you realize, and then maybe they might take my house. And then if they took your house, where would you go? Well, I guess I could live with a friend or a family member. And then, well, and then I guess I could apply to a job and get another job. And then, well, then I guess I could save money. And then I guess I could figure it out. And it it comes down to this breaking down the worst case scenario to and reducing it to there's always an answer. There's always something. It's always figure outable. But in our heads, we blow it up and it's like, okay, well, I lose my job. I'm poor on the street. I'm living under a bridge. And she would always say, you're not going to be a troll under a bridge. You're not going to end up as a troll under a bridge. Worst case scenario, you lose your job. You lose your house, you lose your money, you go live with a family member for a little while. You save up your money, you figure it out. You're okay. You don't die. Once you lose your job, you don't just like fall over and die. You know, once you lose your house, it's not you fall over and die or end up a troll under a bridge for most of us, right? Typically, there's solutions to these worst case scenarios we blow up in our heads. So just knowing that these worst case scenarios are not our truth. They are not the the word of God. These are not things that belong to us. These are thoughts. Thoughts are not us. We are our bodies, but we are not these negative thoughts that come through. So weeding those out and knowing like what's true and what's not. Um, So giving these little tricks, these little mindset hacks, podcasts I love to listen to when I'm feeling like a little low vibey or lacking in in some way, because that happens, right? Like I'm not always high vibe, everything's going to be peachy keen. I have my bad days and I have my low vibe days, but I catch myself and I pick myself back up. So one, I mean, you could totally keep listening to this podcast. That would just be awesome. But other one I recommend is called Manifestation Babe. And I love her, Catherine Zankina. Um, she's definitely been an inspiration, especially when starting this podcast, just sharing more manifestation um, tips, tricks, mindset hacks, you name it. Um, I I love listening to her for certain things that I might not even have into my awareness, like manifesting with music. That was a really fun episode from her. So I love her podcast. Um, I recommended, like I said, A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Um, I also recommend reading the book, The Law of Attraction and The Secret. Um, There's even a sequel to that one called um, the magic. I, I recommend just looking into the law of attraction, looking into what the secret is, reading the book, The Secret. Uh, I said in this in my last episode, but I'll say it here. Um, there is a Netflix documentary called The Secret. If you don't want to read, you don't like to read, definitely recommend giving that a watch just to kind of see in, in real time how your energy and vibration does really attract things to you um, and how you are more... Um, responsible and in control of things and you really realize that you are. Um, and then, give, yeah, I said giving and detachment. Detachment is something I'm currently working on. This is kind of where I'll close. It's becoming quite a longer episode, but detachment is where it's you're 100% faithful. You are 100% trusting and you know that your desired outcome is coming. You don't have to know the how, you don't have to know the when, and you're not stressing about it. So here's an example of something that I was 
recently so attached to and didn't realize and therefore my outcome uh, was sticky, right? I was manifesting an agent for my book, for my fiction novel. I wanted one so bad. And that key word is want. Like I wanted. I didn't desire from a place of abundance. I wanted from a place of lack. I don't have an agent. I don't have a book deal. I need, I want a book deal so badly. Did I get one? No. And now I'm able to go back and reflect why that didn't happen. I didn't happen. It didn't happen because I was so crazy about it. I would wake up, I would pull tarot cards. Am I going to get a book deal? Who's going to be my agent? You know, like, and I just wasn't paying attention to my own intuition. I was ignoring all of these things and I was stressing out so much over getting a book deal, getting an agent. And at the core of that belief was that I wasn't worthy and my book wasn't good enough and I needed validation. So you can always break things down that what you're really attached to it and get get down to why. Like, why do you want this so badly? What is this supposed to bring you? So I now have fully detached from this needing, wanting a book deal, needing, wanting an agent right now. I just threw my hands in the air. I said, okay, I surrender. I'm self-publishing this book. I, you know, definitely put a bruise on my ego. It's something I did not want to do, but I surrendered. And you know what? I just said, I don't care. The core of this is that I want people to read it. The core of this really is that I want to make art that I love. It made me so happy to write a fiction novel and complete it. That was my biggest dream to come true. And why did I think I needed someone else to validate that for me? Why? You know? And I think that's when you get down to like, you have to detach and trust. Like I did not detach and trust that God was going to deliver that for me. And it was a great lesson. I needed, this was something that I needed to learn. So my first book is a lesson in learning. Give it to God. I tried to control it. I pushed and pitched to hundreds of agents, received hundreds of rejections from my book. And I kept pushing and pushing. And finally, I was like, no, I'm not pushing anymore. I'm trusting. I'm going to, I'm just going to put it out there. I don't even really promote the book anymore. Whatever happens to it, happens to it. But I trust still, right? I still trust I'm going to be a New York Times bestselling author. For what book? No clue. When? I have no idea, but that's not my job. My job is to show up for my vocation. My job is to show up for my calling, my passion, my purpose, because in the moment, it makes me so freaking happy. And my purpose is to share my world, my words, my art with people to help heal them, right? So I'm detaching myself from I need, I want an agent. I don't care anymore. Like if I get one, awesome, right? It would be amazing, right? Do I desire an agent? I mean, of course, any author would desire an agent. Any author desires a book deal. But right now, I I'm just doing the work. I'm putting my head down. I'm trusting. It's going to happen. When? I don't know. And that's not my job. My job is to trust. And my job is to detach from the if, the who, the ones, the, the where's, the how's, the why's, all of it. Like, I don't need to know that. I need to trust it's going to happen. I need to set the intention that, yes, it is going to happen. And then I need to put the action in and write the dang book. Um. I do. This next book I'm writing, I had this vision last night and I told my husband and I was putting my son to bed and this image of me um, or this image of my book came into my awareness and I saw my husband and this is in my vision. I saw my husband back to flying and the airports are crowded again and no one's wearing masks and I see him go into this bookstore, one of the airport bookstores. I see him grab my book from the airport bookstore and take a selfie and send it to me. And I'm like getting emotional. And also that's like key to manifesting is like feeling that. And I told him, I'm like, oh my God, I just had this vision of you and the world is back to normal and you're flying and you look hot for one, but for two, you're holding my book. And we both are having our dreams like 
our dreams are coming true and I could feel that good vibration and I went to bed just knowing and trusting like I don't know how this book is going to be there but I know it is going to be there and that's just such a testament to my healing and this this mindset shift so and I'll leave you with this um keys to manifestation keys to money mindset right changing your situation for wealth consciousness number one set the intention what is it that you desire right not want want comes from lack and scarcity what do you desire is it i desire a four-bedroom home so my each children can have their own bedroom great set that intention number two visualize it see yourself opening that door, feel your hands turning the brass doorknob, feel the coolness of it in your hands, really connect with your senses here. I manifested our house, I visualized and I, in my visualization, I saw snow on my boots when I opened the door and I was manifest, I was visualizing this in the summertime. We first saw our home in the summer and we didn't think we were going to be able to get it. But I told my husband, I'm like, that's our house. I see it. I feel it. I remember in my, in my vision, I took my boots off. They were snow covered. And we toured the house. And it was warm inside because the heat was on. And I could feel those very specific things. And he's like, that's not possible. The guy's taking it off the market in the winter. And he's selling it in the spring. If we don't buy now we're not going to get this house. And I just didn't believe that to be true. Well, as I know it, the guy came back and he said, look, if we can make a deal for this price, the house is yours. And the price was lower um, by a lot this way. And sure enough, we were in the house in the the wintertime. But I did this visualization and I imagined my boots at the front door. I saw them in this house. And every day that I would think about it, that I would think about the house, it would be in my awareness, I would do this meditation and I would lay there and I would picture my hand softly grazing like the counter, how that coolness of it felt. Um, I imagined waking up in that house, walking downstairs, getting coffee, and now I'm living in this house that I wanted, this house that I desired, right? This house that I desired is it didn't come from a place of want. It came from desire. I desired this. And I visualized it in great, great detail in my mind. So you have to see it in your mind before you see it in your hands. So two is visualize. And three is kind of what I said. Visualize from the experience. See yourself there. I am desiring and manifesting a beach house on Lake Michigan and if you don't know, those homes are millions of dollars. Um, but I know one of them's mine. I just know it. I feel it in my bones. I have no proof. I don't know how and I don't know why it's going to come. But it's going to come. It's coming and it's mine. And I have a pin board on Pinterest. I pin things for my beautiful lake house on Lake Michigan. I see myself. I see my kids running around outside um, every morning. I see myself walking with a cup of coffee in the sand. I see my hammock. I'm laying there and with a glass of like Pinot Grigio and I'm looking out like I just see my best life in great detail to the point that my body and my mind fully believe this is mine. Not that I want it someday. I fully believe I have the keys to my house. It's not yet in my reality but I know that it will be in that faith is what will bring it to me. And I hope that this podcast is somehow saved for like, you know, years down the road or days down the road. Who knows? I don't know. I'm fully detached that it's going to take me years. It could take me one year, two years. Don't, I really don't know and I really don't care. I just know that this is my house. So visualize from that experience. Number four amplify your emotions something i do is cry i am not afraid to cry in meditation happy tears tears of joy um i I have a whole episode on why crying is so important for manifestation i share very distinct um examples 
that I've used crying for manifestation. But amplify your emotions. Get excited. Smile. When you see these things in your vision, smile, cry, laugh. You know, all those things really anchor that feeling into the experience and puts that ripple into the universe that sends that wavelength, that vibration that this is mine. This is yours. This thing, what you that you're manifesting this. So amp it up. Feel those feelings. And then five, relax. Let it go. Let it go. Let the seed be planted. Don't go digging it back up once it's buried because you're afraid that it won't grow. And this is the the number one thing I have a hard time with is trusting. Trust that it's coming. Don't worry about the how. Trust that that seed is planted and will grow and blossom. Don't go back digging it up out of fear because you didn't think you planted it deep enough. You didn't think the seed was right. Trust. Relax. Let go. Fully detach from the ifs, the hows, the whens, the whys, the whos, the whats. Just know. Be still and know. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope it was helpful. I tried to to bury some nuggets of wisdom within this podcast that have really, really helped me um, on my path of wealth consciousness, enlightenment, um, and manifestation. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing up today. I appreciate you being here in this space with me. If you are into this episode or you really dig the podcast, I would be so grateful for your five-star review on here, as well as sharing this episode or podcast with your crew. If it resonates at all, that would mean the world to me. Also, here is an invitation to hang out with me on Instagram at Brittany Vicinski. You can chat with me here anytime. I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Until next time.